0: This is Dino Dan from Cypress, California, and you're watching the Barbecue Central Show. Start the
1: game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll can, write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We
2: put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh!
0: Should we call the fire department?
2: That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, Bomb City, USA, and the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempy Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings live fire, fun, and frivolity show. If you want to jump in tonight on the
1: phones or on the emails, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow.
2: Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, in case you can get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, it is the first Tuesday of a brand new month. And the last month of quarter number one of 2022. That's right. 2022 rapidly coming to a close. Without saying another word about it, that means we'll be joined by the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team, co-creator of How to Barbecue Right. Malcolm Reed will join me. And of course, if you're a fan of this show, you know we are now in the second month of at least a four-month stretch of doing a private roundtable. I have secured one of the most important barbecue people of all time in current times to give us his own... Insight on how to do the four big barbecue meats geared to the background. I'm sorry, geared to the backyard. And then we might turn it all the way back around for a following four months and go competition style. We'll see about that. But the competition, or but the backyard stuff hit very popular last month. And this month, might I say this? It's the big one. Everybody wants to cook a better one. Brisket, me and Malcolm breaking it down. Over the course of his segment, so look forward to that. Then, after Malcolm Reed, 35 passed, we'll be joined by the creator, owner, and overall purveyor of Cosmo's cues, rubs, sauces, injections, marinades, and the like. Some call him Cosmo, but I call him Darian Cosmo Kasravi. We'll be joining us on the show, so looking forward to catching up with Cosmo. And we will be going headlong, and it's all his fault. I would just like to say that at the outset. So, as you get ready to hear the conversation that is going to be taking place between the two of us, had he not made his last podcast post about a week ago, I think it was last Thursday, this conversation wouldn't be, or the conversation that we're going to be having tonight wouldn't be taking place. We'd be talking about some other barbecue nonsense. But this is his fault. He opened the door, and now a professional and competent interviewer will be taking him to task on selling his company. If you, didn't, if you didn't tune in or if you didn't even know he had a podcast out right now, it's called Cosmo Unleashed. We'll talk, or I'm sorry, Cosmo Unfiltered. We'll talk all about that as well in the lead, but he talked about selling the company, and I'm really going to dig down into that, and we'll take it from there. That'll bring close to the first hour, and then we'll move to the second hour. 14 past because it is the first Tuesday of a new month in the second hour. And joining me from Mexico, Sam the Cooking Guy. A lot of my guests do a lot of traveling. I don't do traveling. Sam will be playing, of course, his monthly game that has taken the world by storm. What does Sam like best? I'll tell you how to get in touch with that in a minute. And we'll also talk about his most recent video of, it was four or five different pressure cooker meals that get done very quickly. There was a mac and cheese recipe that looked like it got done in about five minutes. There was a barbecue rib recipe that was done in the pressure cooker that will take him to task on at least for two things. One of them rhymes with liquid smoke. So lots to talk about with Sam. Also, if you are playing the game show tonight, there's a very good chance you could win a cast iron pan or a book or a knife set, who knows? So stay tuned, and I'll tell you how to get involved with that. And then closing out the show tonight, a fellow podcaster covering the great white north of barbecue stationed in Alberta, Canada. If you are a fan of barbecue podcasts, you want to download his. If you haven't already and subscribe, it's Ryan Sanderson, founder and host of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Eat more B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E dot C-A is his website. And that's how the show shakes out. First hour, Malcolm Reed and Cosmo. Second hour, Sam the Cooking Guy and ryan sanderson don't forget you can follow me socially instagram twitter tiktok and snapchat at bbq central show for live video feeds you can go to facebook and twitch slash bbq central show also a live video feed on youtube slash rd rempy where there's quite an active chat role as well i can see all your facebook and all of your youtube chats on my other screen here so go ahead and fire it will if i don't react to them don't worry about it i am seeing all of them And if you don't want to see me in any of those three live streaming video platforms, you just want to listen to me like a lot of people are doing here this evening, you can just run right over to Clubhouse, download the app, find the Barbecue Central show, and take it in audibly, which is how I would encourage most of you to do it. That's the way the show was born. That's the way I like to consume the show after the fact. So think about that as we go forward. And by the way, Sam the Cooking Guy will be joining us through Clubhouse this evening because... He didn't bring his really good mic to Mexico. Perhaps he forgot he was going to Mexico and that he also had an engagement planned with me, but he is doing it through Clubhouse tonight. So let's start here this evening. I have to issue a stern warning. I said stern Uh to my longest-running embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding of Roe Cookers, and I have to do it right now. Doug, fast forward through the rest of this open and get to Malcolm right now. If you're watching live Let me make a recommendation and tune out for the next three minutes. You don't need to hear of any what's about to transpire. I'm only thinking of you because the centralites, well, they can be a fickle bunch, to say the least. So I'll wait three seconds. Make sure that you're either fast-forwarding or tuning out if you're watching live. But fair warning has been given because now we will have to go to the listener feedback From last week's show and oh my. Peter in Georgia. Greg, Doug has had seven raccoons in his house and he didn't take the cat door out? What the hell, Doug? Those things have rabies and other diseases. Close the door, regards Peter. Jake in Oklahoma writes, Greg, for years I have been wanting and waiting for proof that Texas produces stupid people. And here's the proof. Your guy, Doug. Doug, keep letting those raccoons in your home, you big dummy. Regards, Jake. And you know Oklahoma is just looking to take a shot at Texas whenever they can. Gary in South Carolina writing in, Greg, Doug is a rocket scientist or something like that, if I recall correctly, which would signify that he is of an elite intelligence but he has had no less than seven raccoons in his house all coming in through the cat door. Did he get his rocket scientist degree from Sham University Upstate? (laughs) Gary, Doug, rocket science, a lock on that cat door, you dope. Love the show, Gary. Doug is taking some, I gotta be honest. Matt in California, Greg, when you say Doug is smart, did you mean that Doug is actually really dumb? Because that's the only way I can get my head around the raccoon deal. Perhaps you should add and dumbest to his title of longest-running embedded correspondent. In other words, longest-running and dumbest embedded correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheiding regards Matt. Chet in Pennsylvania adding in. Greg, did you say Doug has had seven raccoons in his house? Three in one night? Last week, you said Doug was one of the smartest people you know. But he's not smart enough to lock down the cat door so these filthy pests don't get into his house and bedroom, no less. If a raccoon got into my bedroom, my wife would leave me and burn the house down, Doug. What the hell? Regards, Chet. And finally, because I just cut it off, Tony in New York. Greg, longtime fan of the show. And as someone who has lived in New York City for years before moving out of the city, I have seen rats. And had some show up in my apartment. I plugged many holes to keep them from coming back. Mostly me being successful. The fact that your Texas guy has raccoons coming into his home. And his bedroom is in a word troubling. Does he hate his wife? One raccoon for me. And I would close the cat door for good. And I might even get rid of the cats just to be sure. Love the show. Cheers Tony. Wow. I mean, I don't like throwing gas on the fire here, but Doug is really taking a beating after talking about the fact that he has had no less than seven ca- I'm sorry, seven raccoons in his house and bedroom. Three in one night? So if you were just tuning in, wondering why everybody's piling on Doug, that's why. Doug knows how to harbor and perhaps potentially give safe harbor to the terrorists known as raccoons. But he's letting them in, basically. All right, that's enough piling on Doug. Enough of that. We'll get to more of that next week. Malcolm Reed is in the green room, ready to talk brisket. I will talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers, designing and building all of their products right here in the state and building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service. That's the backbone of how they've built the company. This product translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style cooker that elevates gatherings with family and friends. Honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet-fired cookers to wood-fired offset pits and charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in their handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. American-made quality and endless flavor. Those are the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit yodersmokers.com to grab yours today. That's yodersmokers.com. And we are back with Malcolm Reed right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
1: You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempy. All right, we are
2: back. Doug Shiding taking the beating like a man saying Sham University is funny. Actually, Doug, it was Sham University Upstate, which I think makes it actually worse. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of the show being brought to you by... The Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit BBQGuru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Joining me now is the first Tuesday of a brand new month. guest, the creator, co-creator of How to Barbecue Right, and, of course, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs. Barbecue competition cooking team and my pal, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm.
3: What's happening, Greg? Three months in already, man.
2: No doubt. Are you horrified that my longest running and, from what others would say, dumbest, Embedded correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheiding, has had no less than seven raccoons in his house. By the way, in his bedroom, no less.
3: It sounds like he needs a dog or something, man, to run those things out. At least invest in some coon traps or something. So, Well, he does have raccoon traps,
2: but he has these cats, which are more than 50-50 outside than inside. So he has one of those uh, cat doors where they can just go out on their own. And the raccoons are coming in that way. I would say the first one, okay, I understand. And then the cat door gets closed down, perhaps cemented shut. Maybe you get rid of the cats just for good measure, like one of the listeners was saying. But, man, he's some kind of wildlife lover, I
3: guess. It must be, man. I don't know. I don't (laughs) think I'd want some coons in the house.
2: You think uh, Miss Southern (laughs) Shell would like a raccoon in the house?
3: Yeah, funny story. She had one as a a kid growing up. She had a pet raccoon. Are you kidding? Yeah, she had, no, she's had one in the house before. I'd <laughs> feed it faded, like honey buns and vina sausages. Wow. She's got a whole story about it.
2: Well, I can't. Someday we'll get her on and she can regale us with the story of the raccoon pet when she was growing up. So last month, Malcolm, we had you on. We're doing a four month run of backyard barbecue round tables, if you will, with the four big meats. And we did a really good one on. Pork butt last month, and this month I figured we'd throw down the gauntlet as it's starting to get warmer out, and of course that bringing up thoughts of brisket for those that might have put away the grill or the barbecue pit for the winter, at least where it's colder up here. So let's talk brisket tonight, and let's get right after it. So uh, much like last month when we were following you into the pork butt purveyor, and maybe this is a little different with brisket, I guess. uh, When you're doing it for the backyard, are you calling our pal... Uh, kevin over at the butcher shop or are you just going to a big box store and buying brisket that way how do we
3: start yeah most of the time i'm just looking at them in grocery stores or sam's club or costco that's where that's where i've you know found it's, i'm not gonna spend that big money every time i'm cooking a brisket sometimes you just want to you know just cook a good eating brisket that's what kind of figure we talk about today but i'm in the grocery store feeling on them that's the big thing for me when i'm shopping for brisket I wanted to see if I can find one that's got a little age on it because you know most of the time you don't know what the pack date is, but you don't want one that's stiff as a board and you don't want one that's been sitting there forever. So it's all about feel on it. You want it to have some flexibility. You want it to you know look good in the package, not you know not be loose or anything. But that's that's really what you want to go for. Look for a good even thick flat across the top, and if it's got a nice fat cap on it, sometimes you can see that in the package too. What size are you looking for? Um. You know, typically the ones that I see most often are in that 12- to 14-pound range. It's, it's rare to find those big 20-pounders in the grocery store or Sam's Club or somewhere. And most of them are, you know, between 12- and 14 pounds, something like that. That's ideal for me. I know they're going to cook about the same time that I'm used to cooking them.
2: A lot of the big-box stores that I go to traditionally won't have a whole pack of brisket. It's probably just going to be a flat or a flat and then maybe the beginnings of a point, depending on how the butcher got after it. Depending on where they were being processed. So, will you take? So, obviously, look for the biggest flat you can at that point. Maybe you can get up into 10 pounds if you're lucky. But are you sacrificing, if you have to, are you sacrificing thickness in the flat end to get a thicker point if you can do it? Or what are you taking into account when faced with that kind of a question?
3: But, you know, it's, it's like that where I am too. We don't have the greatest choice in brisket at our grocery stores. So some of them just sell flats like Costco where we are just has flats, and really what I'm looking for is kind of evenness across the brisket. Even when I'm buying a whole brisket, I don't want the point just really really big compared to the the flat end. I want it to be pretty symmetrical going across. That way air can flow across it as it's cooking and it'll cook at the same rate. If you get you know if you get some of those, those flats that just tell off to the where they're you know not thick at all you know half inch thick on one end or two and a half inches thick on the back end by the point it's not gonna cook it's not gonna cook even so you want to look for something that's kind of symmetrical that just feels even going across that whole brisket
2: so you get the brisket back home get it out of the cryovac. what are you looking for as far as trimming process and uh, visually what do you want to remove and get it ready to cook for home
3: well at, yeah, I don't get real aggressive with it when I'm cooking at home usually I'm cooking it um, to feed folks. And we want to maximize every bit of it because I paid a lot for it. I mean, brisket now, I looked at them today, they are ninety nine a pound yeah. for choice grade brisket at Kroger. I mean, that's crazy high right now. So if you're paying that much for something, you don't want to throw a lot of it away. Now, the only thing that I like to really do is if, if it does, like, you know, sometimes on the edges, it'll thin out. That's going to crumble off. It's going to dry up. It's not going to cook good. I'll knock that off. I'll kind of round the brisket out and I want the air to kind of, You know, as it's getting smoked, you want that heat to transfer across that brisket. So it needs to have, it needs to lay kind of flat on, on the grate. So a lot of times if it's got a hump in it I'll take that hump down, I'll take the silver skin off. Um, I like, I like some fat on my brisket. So I like to leave that quarter inch trim on the bottom. I've cooked them fat up, fat down. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I like to leave some of that fat on it because I think it tastes great. It gives me a little insurance to keep from drying it out, but I'm not getting super aggressive at all.
2: Last month on the pork butt you were not an injector for briskets. Are you an
3: injector? Um, it it comps, yes, but at cooking at home, I like to taste the beef. And I'm I'm a simple guy, you know, I'll use my salt and pepper, maybe you know, throw like the AP on it, it's got some garlic in there and then hit it with just a little bit of rub for some color. But I really just wanted that that beefy flavor, and salt and pepper is really all good brisket needs. How far in advance are you gonna rub that brisket? Um, I like to give brisket, you know, an hour or so. I don't, I don't let it sit overnight on it or anything like that. But if I know I'm going to cook a brisket, I'll take it out of the refrigerator, you know, pat it dry, get some seasoning on the outside, and just kind of let it sit at room temperature for a little while. I may stick it back in the fridge while I go fire up the grill and just let those let the salt start working on it some. But I don't want it to sit a whole, you know, a long period of time with that seasoning on it because I don't really want to cure it. I want it to, you know, have the seasoning on the outside, create a good bark, and I want that beef flavor to shine through. But it's it's okay if you want to inject one. I wouldn't get crazy with the phosphates and different things like that for eating it at home just because it's so rich and don't agree with you always. But, but uh, you know, some beef broth in there, you know, mix you up a little something. That's fine, too, if you want, if you want to shoot it up. I don't think it needs it to be good eating brisket.
2: If you're going to shoot it up, do you... Mm-hmm rub first and then inject or do you inject and then add your rub second?
3: Usually I'll go ahead and season the bottom and then lay it the way I want it to, the way it's going to sit on the rack. I'll put it inside a pan to help me catch any of that you know, spillage from the injection. Then I'll inject it and then I'll kind of paper towel off anything that's kind of seeped back out to where it's not just really, really wet on the outside. And then I'll come back and season the top. And that way when I transfer it to the grill, it's not as messy. The seasoning stays on it. I found that if you inject it after the after you season it, sometimes that season will seep out and it'll wash your seasoning off. So you kind of shot yourself at the foot
2: there. And I guess if you inject it first, uh, you do have that natural uh, moisture from the injection coming out. Maybe it's on the top side, so it's like that natural adherent uh, when you go to lay that rub down and away you go. So you're probably not using any other type of rub binder or anything like that.
3: Yeah, I've never, I've never really put mustard or anything like that on brisket. You really don't have to, especially, you know, if you do inject, because it always ends up a little tacky anyway. You're not going to get all the moisture off of it. But I don't think you need it on brisket. I think, it you know, the, the, the seasonings stick to it pretty well, and you let it, you know, it develops as it smokes on the pit, and it makes a nice bark on it. I'm not going for a thick bark on brisket anyway. It's really just like a seasoning on the outside. So as long as you don't do anything to kind of wash off what you put there, it's going to stay put.
2: Anything else from a prep standpoint or pre-cook standpoint that you do that we haven't talked about?
3: Uh, No, the prep on brisket isn't. I mean, you you know, you see guys in comps trimming all the fat off and taking it down to nothing because you're trying to cook it for a box. But at home, you don't really want to use that mindset. You just want to get, you know, a good uniform piece of meat that's going to lay good on the grate. and It's going to, you know, let good airflow uh, flow over it as it cooks. And you just want to get some seasons on it that you like. You could go any way you wanted with it, but salt and pepper is your friend on brisket. It's, you know, it's hard to get one too salty. I'm not saying that, you know, just put five pounds on it, but it's, you know, it's hard to overseason a brisket. It's a big piece of meat. It's going to cook for a long time. And so it can, it can take some seasoning on the outside. So I think the majority
2: of us in the backyard feel pretty comfortable on the prep side, but this is where trepidation starts to come in. So we've done all the prep work to get going. Uh, Now we're going to have to pick a cooker. You're somebody that's got a multitude of cookers to choose from. You have Jolene. You have the uh, Old Hickory Pits. You have ceramic cookers. You have the pellet cookers of of various makes and models. Do you have a favorite cooker to cook brisket on for the backyard?
3: The favorite's got to be a stick burner. It's just hard to beat that flavor where you stay with it and you put a piece of wood on it every 45 minutes to an hour. You're getting that awesome flavor you're getting good clean blue smoke going through it and you're just letting it take its time i mean it's cooking at about 275 um which produces really really good brisket um that's you know probably my favorite but a close second is a no wrap brisket that i do on a pellet grill Mm -hmm. and it's a totally different brisket because you're cooking it for a long time i mean i'll put i'll put one of those briskets on at 7 o'clock one evening, and it's not done till 7 a.m., and I never touch it. I just keep that pellet grill running about 220, 225, make sure it stays full of pellets overnight, but you don't do anything to it. And it it gets really, really close to the same flavor profile um, with the, the light smoke and everything that you get in a pellet grill as that stick burner brisket, but it just takes a lot longer to do it. And that's I think that's the hang-up with people cooking brisket is they don't give themselves enough time with whatever pit they're doing brisket is a is definitely one of those things you can't rush you got to be patient to cook good brisket and you know a lot of people's brisket dries out because they're just pushing it they're not letting it rest all these things that you know just trying to hurry it up not being patient
2: from a temperature standpoint malcolm do you find that 275 is good for you because that's where the stick burner wants to live or you've tried it lower and slower on a stick burner and Two seventy five has been what yields the best end product for you.
3: Well, on the stick burner, mine, mine just wants to run at two seventy five. It don't like to be choked down. Um, you have to fight it to get it to stay below. You know, I've, I've got two different makes. So I've, I've got, you know, of course, I got Jolene and Jambo. I've got an Outlaw, a couple different Outlaw smokers, and they, they, all those like to run at two seventy five. Mm. Um, it's, it's just, it's where they want to be. It's their sweet spot. And I found if I try to run them at 250 that I'm letting my fire get a little lower than I want. Uh, Smoke's getting a little bit dirtier, so it just it cleans up at 275. Same kind of goes for the drum smokers. My, My drum smoker likes 275 too. Now, I can choke it down and make it run lower, but the food that comes off of it is better in that 275 range. Now, I'll say on my old hickory pit, it likes to run at 250. That's just this sweet spot. When I, You know, no matter where we put it, if we run it at 225, you run it at 275, it likes to dial in at 250. That's where it wants to run. And cooks really, really good brisket at that. It just moves a little more air. So um, on, a, on a pit like that where you're moving a lot of air, you, you do need to kind of spritz it a little bit. It could be just plain water or whatever, but it cooks a good brisket too.
2: During the process, uh, obviously this stall everybody talks about, will appear at some point. We all know what that is. But are you somebody that will always wrap a brisket? Well, I guess not all the time because you had mentioned you had done a a pellet cooker brisket where you don't do anything to it other than just give it time and then uh, you're done You know, 12 hours, 16 hours later, whatever it is. But if you're using a stick burner or some other type or you're not doing that pellet cooker method, um, do you wrap? And if so, is it foil or is it butcher paper or does it depend on what day?
3: That's that's really your big choice in brisket is if you're going to wrap or you're going to not wrap, and then what are you going to use? Um, I like it. I, I, I've used it all, and if, I, if I'm if i wanting to make like a Texas-style brisket where it's going to, you know, have a really nice bark to it, and I want that bark flavor, and I want to really taste those seasonings on the outside of it, get that good smoked flavor, I'm going to use butcher paper because it's not going to allow moisture to collect around it it doesn't braise as much as it does when you wrap it up with foil i don't care how tight you wrap it with foil it's still going to get that liquid accumulating in there Mm -hmm. it's going to rinse some of your seasoning off it's going to make a softer brisket now is that brisket good heck yeah Uh, a full wrap brisket that's what we win comps with We, you know it's still a really good brisket but you're sacrificing that bark when you use aluminum foil they both they both work excellent there's not one that's better than the other. I just think if you like more of that Texas-style barky seasoning on the outside brisket, go with paper. If you want to catch some of the azure and you want it to be a little softer bark, go with the aluminum foil. They cook about the same time. There's not a big difference in the in the amount of time once you wrap one in foil versus wrap one in paper. Uh, wood smoke for flavor, what do you like? You know, I'm a, a, a pecan guy on brisket. I have, you know, I've, I've ordered some post oak and burned some of that. Um, I usually don't add very much hickory or you know harsher woods on on my brisket. I like the the milderness, and I don't usually if if I put any kind of fruit wood, it might be a piece of cherry just to help with that smoke ring color because cherry wood really does make a like a redder look on it. It's real pretty, but just for eating, man, you can't go wrong with pecan on a brisket.
2: Internal temperature wise, this is always a delicate question, but are you shooting? for an internal temperature to some degree or is it only by probe tenderness?
3: Well, I use the I use the internal temperature to start feeling for probe tenderness, if that makes sense. Yep. So I know that brisket's done somewhere between 200 degrees and 210 degrees. Now I have found that it depends, there's a lot of things that contribute to the difference in that, whether it's the fat content of the brisket where it's the humidity outside, whether it's how fast that brisket cook versus how a slow and slow brisket cook, all those things um, contribute. Like um, my low and slow brisket that I let go all night, really low, it never it's never really gonna get to 200 or right up much above 200 before it's done just because it's taken so long. We've rendered out that fat and we've really got it soft at a slower rate. Now the 275 brisket, sometimes those briskets go to 210. I have taken some of those Wagyu ones to 218 before, before they really felt right to me. So what I do is when I know that brisket's getting in the 190s, I want to make sure I've got it probed in a good spot. And I usually typically like, you know, if I'm I'm wrapping a brisket, i am go ahead and put my probe in it. Um, If I'm, you know, just got one, no smoke, I'm going to put that probe in towards the end of it. And when it starts getting to about 190, 195, I may start checking it every 30 minutes and feeling around on it. And you can kind of gauge it by feel uh, when it's right. I mean, to me, a right feeling brisket is one that's super soft everywhere. You're not getting hard pockets where you're having to force that probe into it. You should be able to put that probe in with no resistance. I mean, I know you've everybody's heard it before. It's like putting a knife in warm butter, it just slides through. Well, that's really what it feels like. There's nothing there almost. And you know, there's a fine line in them before you'll dry them out, so so, it's really, it goes by feel and, and a lot of it on brisket's luck sometimes. Just cook enough of them and you'll get it. And then once you think you've got it, you'll you'll screw one up. Believe me, it's, it's easy to do.
2: So I think that probably takes us to finishing the cook here. And maybe this is where the biggest mistake is made. So post-cook, we all know that you should be resting. Do people miss not resting it enough should it be three hours should it be four hours should it be five hours and then are they also cutting it too hot so like much like sweating you know where the water hits you and then evaporates off uh, can you cut a brisket when it's too hot leading to a dry brisket
3: that's that's definitely the case and we learned that in comps a long time ago we were wondering why we weren't scoring as well in brisket because we were pushing our brisket right up to the window where we're taking it off the pit, slicing it, putting it in the box, and we're throwing the rest of it in a bag and taking it, you know, throwing it in the cooler and taking it home and trying it four or five hours later. And it was phenomenal. It is way juicier than when we first cut it on the board. Or the texture was different. That hold to me is key. It's as important as anything in cooking a brisket is when you get it off the pit, letting it hang out and rest and just calm down. And I'm not saying you're letting it cool all the way off to Room temperature. I mean, but it needs it does need to drop to about 160 to slice it. That's my optimal temp internally. Um, two hour rest is what I always say. I'd like to give mine a minimum. Um, and most people, you know, when you're cooking brisket, if you've had one on overnight, it's been cooking 12, 14 hours, whatever, and then you got to turn around and, and wrap it up a little bit, stick it in the cooler, and give it another two hours. That's hard for some people yeah. to do, and uh, it's hard for me to do, and I not want to not try it. But you need to. You really do because Letting it calm down and then when you unwrap it or you take it out of your foil or wrap or whatever it is and you let it sit on the cutting board and you still give it a few more minutes like you said, it's going to make a juicier end product. And you know, a lot of these restaurants that serve really awesome brisket, that's the key to their brisket. Their brisket has come off, you know, before they ever put ribs on that morning. It's been held all day. They're getting ready for their lunch service and that brisket's been sitting in their warmers at 140 degrees just hanging out, you know, just getting happy in there. That's what makes it so good. And that's why it's so juicy when you lay it up on the cutting board and cut it because it's set there and calm down.
2: Malcolm, are you a sauce guy with brisket?
3: No, I'm not. No. I like, I like, I mean, I do like now some good au jus. You know, so if I've got, if I've cooked a brisket and in, in some foil and I've captured that au jus, I'll, you know, I'll serve some of that with it. But I'm not, a, I don't put barbecue sauce on brisket. I just like the meat. Now, if it's, I'm making burnt ends, I might mix some beef broth with a you know a couple tablespoons of sauce or something like that, just to give it a little different flavor, maybe sweeten it up a little bit to put on the burnt ends. But it doesn't go on the slice. That slice doesn't need anything if it's cooked right.
2: Two months down and two months of wonderful barbecue backyard knowledge being dealt out by, of course, the pitmaster of Killer Hog's competition team, co-creator of How to Barbecue Ride. Right. It's Malcolm Reed. Malcolm, always appreciate the time, and we will hit ribs next month if you're ready.
3: Uh, Man, I'm ready. I gotta go cook some brisket now, though.
2: All right, here we go.
3: There he is. Malcolm, always appreciate the time.
2: And we will do ribs next month. So hopefully you had your pens and pencils out as Malcolm was doling out the information at will, of course. Ribs next month. Hey, what do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling like steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire with a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. round. Enter Primo Grills and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down and think about it, there's more than 60 different ways to use this Primo Cooker to your advantage. So you're only limited by your culinary imagination. They have a Primo Grill rotisserie accessory. They have a half drip pan now. They have the rib rack. You like high-heat pizzas? Yeah, of course you do. They have the Primo Grill pizza accessory that just came out a few months ago. Go to a dealer near you, only sold through dealers, primogrill.com, and then check out the cooker itself, see all the different sizes, and see all of the accessories that give you a true Primo Grill experience. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz? Yes. Patented technology? Yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities? I just told you that. Multiple sizes? Yes. Yes. And if you just have to have a round one, they have those. But take it from me. Oval Cooker is the one you want to go with. Again, visit the website so you can find a dealer near you. Primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. We'll see you over at primogrill.com. We are back with Cosmo from Cosmo's Q. Right after this, stick around.
1: Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Got a pellet cooker? If you need pellets. Why not buy from
2: cookingpellets.com? Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or see what other products they have to make your food succulent and tasty. Again, that is cookingpellets.com. for Becker and the gang out there. My next guest creates some of the most popular barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and injections on the market today. He's also a barbecue competitor from time to time and a world champion steak cook. We race to the hotline. And welcome, Brent. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, our pal. Cosmo. Hey, Cosmo.
0: <laughs> what are you doing,
2: Greg? How are you, man? I always want to say Darian because I feel like we should be a little bit more formal and I don't want to be like everybody else and just say, hey, Cosmo, but I'm, I'm not going to say Cosmo. But forget about it. Right. So uh, right off the bat, because we have some stuff to talk about, uh, I want to make sure that we get some business and promo out of the way. So if you're a fan of Cosmo's products, you want to save a couple bucks, Go to the website right now, cosmosq.com. And as you're checking out, there's a code that's called podcast that you can use and it'll save 10% off your order. So, aside from that, are there any other new products or uh, things that we should be made aware of that, you know, or tickle us a little bit with a feather, if you might? Uh, we got some new
0: stuff coming out. We got some new stuff coming like out. Like always,
2: you got new stuff coming out? It's always <laughs> something in the hopper, you think?
0: There, there, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to get in trouble from a team. <laughs> uh yeah, we got we got new stuff coming out. This year is going to be we're going to drop some new stuff and uh it's going to be uh it's going to be pretty exciting.
2: When you look back over the years of Cosmos Q being in existence, is there a year that stands out as like the year that you released the most new stuff? Uh,
0: probably the year we dropped the barbecue glazes and the wing dust in the same. That I mean, that product wise, that was the most.
2: All right, so Cosmo, unfiltered. Here we go. <laughs> now he's got it. So you know, if you're a fan of Cosmo, you probably subscribed to his YouTube channel, and he was just a monster on YouTube forever and ever. And then you kind of like quit it, and then you kind of came back to it a little bit, and then all of a sudden here's this podcast that comes out. And it seems like, and I'm uh, not going to be hypocritical here, but it seems like any podcast now worth its salt has some type of video component to it. And uh, I saw Cosmo unfiltered through my Google podcast platform, which has no video on it. And I'm just listening to it. And I was like, well, let me go over to YouTube. And so here he is. He's got this huge studio. It's very professional looking. It's, It's at that Cosmos Q level that probably everybody has come to expect. But holding all that aside, who gives a shit about that? Why start a podcast? What's the deal with that?
0: Man, you know, it's it, it, we've been asked that for years. Like, why don't you do a podcast? And I just I, I was like I you know, I got so much more information in me, a story to tell, um nuggets in life that I could pass on, lessons learned the hard way so to speak. And I was like, I, I told my team that was like, well, well, why don't we do a podcast? And I was like, okay, but you know what, you know what do you want it to be about? And They're like, well, barbecue. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel like <laughs> everybody knows what I think just from YouTube, you know, um, at least about barbecue. And I, I pitched them on the idea of what if it was just you know it was just me unfiltered and it was just me and what I wanted to talk about that day. And what do you think? and we sent it to the team and then we actually sent it out to an outside organization and let them kick it around. So they came in and combed all of our stuff and uh, then they came back and they said, I think that'd be a wonderful idea. Hmm. Um, I say do it. And uh, we did our market research and uh, so we got enough green lights. We said, hell yeah, let's do it. So that's what we did.
2: You're running, let's call it, 20 minutes or less per episode so from an ease of consumption standpoint it's the standard bearer of time just like it would be for a youtube video it seems like you know 20 minutes or yeah. less that seems to be the wheelhouse so you're right there on the podcast was that a strategic plan as well you wanted to keep it within yes. that window so people would listen
0: yep yep yeah we wanted to, to it, it seems like the masses are right around that you know 12 to 15 17 minute mark and that's when you're going to get the most clicks, um, at least for the content that we was going to put out. So we's like, hey, let's hit this mark. Um, now, anybody that's talked to me for any amount of time knows I can ramble on for hours and hours. Uh, but we wanted to make them quick, and it's just something you can consume. You know, if you're going, you know, going to the bathroom or mowing a yard or you know, short drive to work. You know, just something that you could click on, listen to it. Hopefully, uh, you know. A lot of, lot of fire in your britches, and uh, get a little bit of knowledge and consume it quick. Um, it, the attention span of humans is getting shorter and shorter by the day. Yeah, and you know we just we just thought, well, we'll just get it out there and we'll see what happens.
2: Are you using some kind of a host that gives you verified statistic or is IBA IAB uh, you know compliant things like this?
0: No. No, we don't yeah.
2: have any of this shit. Oh. No. <laughs> so do you know what kind of traction no. you're getting? Like you have I mean you have some way to track your downloads at least, right? Or is it you just book no, it YouTube? Do,
0: we do we do track the downloads. Uh we track all the all the metrics, but it's only been released now for this is going on two months and mm-hmm. there's really just not enough data out there to, you know, really build something. So our thing was is hey, let's sling it out there and let's let's set on six months and then from there, we can learn to, you know, tweak our data, hone in on certain things, and uh, move from there. So right now, we're just in a data collection phase. Um, but it's it it seems, you know, when we first launched it, I think it ended up top top. Boy, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I, I was gonna say top <laughs> ten, top ten of uh, entrepreneurial based podcasts. So it's not even in the barbecue space at all. Yeah, it's in the entrepreneur, op, entrepreneurial space. So it, you know, it came out pretty hot, and then you know we were dropping dailies at that time, and then we we uh, brought it back to weekly, and then we're gonna collect data and just you know see you know do we d- need to stay with weeklies or do we need to up it to you know twice a week, four times a week, five times a week. Seven times a week.
2: You're gonna to want to consult me on that because I have a lot of experience on the whole posting and schedule committing and all that stuff. So we can talk off air about that and we'll make sure oh, that we have success, no doubt. So uh I was so excited to see the episode that you released on the twenty second entitled When Do I Sell the Company? And that's what I want to dig into <laughs> this evening. And you know what? Let's let some real interviewer here ask the questions. <laughs> that you were asked but I'm going to do it better this time. So, I think this episode is put here's my speculation as I'm listening to it. Well, here's an episode put okay. out by you as somebody who is looking well, you're put I think the episode's put out for any company looking to acquire a spice rub, sauce injection, marinade company to give them a high level look at what you're up to in essence. A fairly innocuous reverse RFP. True or false? Mm,
0: I guess that's one way to think of it. I wouldn't I I w- There wasn't like a backdoor agenda that. to that. No, there really wasn't. There really wasn't. But now that now that I listened to it from on now that I'm on this side of it, I could totally see where somebody could uh come to that uh come to that thought what
2: year did you but start no
0: no that was that, no i i get that question a lot people go hey man when are you gonna sell the company man and i'm yeah. like when somebody walks in here with 50 million bucks well
2: we're gonna get to that it. don't don't get ahead of ourselves okay
0: here. so uh when <laughs> when did cosmos q start again uh we incorporated in 2009
2: all right so we're 13 years in or you know we're just celebrating our 13th year uh, going into 14th year 2021, I mean, 2020, 2021, for anybody that was outside of barbecue restaurant touring, probably had a really great year and a half to two years. So uh, share what you want, but I'm going to ask anyway. Gross revenues for last year, 2021, where are we looking? I'm building to a bigger crescendo here, of course.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, obviously, I'll, just, I'll say we were north of 13.
2: 13 million. All right, so you mentioned in the podcast that someone would have to come in and offer quote-unquote crazy amount of money or I believe you called it F.U. type money. So let's not Mm -hmm. mince words here. What's the number? There's a walk-off number for Cosmo right now. What's the number?
0: Right now today? Yes, right now.
2: We're talking on the show. 50 50, 50 million. 50 million dollars. 50 million in your estimation and i'm sure the answer is no so i don't know if you can extract personal feelings (laughs) out of this question that i'm about to ask is that unrealistic no is that not
0: enough Mm. well that like i said that would be the the today number as this thing you know catches more speed we get going a little further downhill we may be looking at a, uh, you know, a two year, you know, see what we can do in two years. So if they bought it today, obviously you would pay this much today. But then, you know, all the seeds we planted will come to fruition over the next year, two years. So, yeah, I, I totally think. Uh, within two years, 100 percent. And, you know, and honestly, um. What's that old saying, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. next best time is today. (laughs) This thing is not getting cheaper.
2: One of the interesting things that you guys talk about during this particular podcast, and I'm just a fan of business. So whenever anybody's talking about buying or selling anything, I want in on it. I want to find a way to get a piece of it, all this. I want to give my two cents. You talk about, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, you would want to have the buyer have some kind of an alignment with your vision and how you want to see the company grow. So is it money that's really the main thing or is it the buyer that's more important? Or in other words, would you take less money if it was the right person?
0: So that's a great question. And as a matter of fact, I got, I did a podcast on this. It'll be coming out soon. Uh (laughs) (laughs) um, you can get into a bad deal with a good person and a bad person can make a bad deal better. And my my point behind all that is is you I am I think a lot of times most people get wrapped up in the deal rather than the person making the deal, the deal maker. I want to know the deal maker. I want to know what you value. I've just heard too many horror stories about people selling a company and then, you know, 36 seconds later, they walk in there, throw everybody out the door. And it like, it just goes south real quick. And I don't have that vision for this company. I have a vision for this company to uh, one day have a, uh, a gross revenue of 400 to 500 million. Sure. And, and, and actually, in our space, that's not unheard of at all. Um, there's companies out there doing it right now with. Um, you know, there's just companies out there doing it. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, talk about them or. Uh, but um, I want to. I want to get if, if we're going to do this because I still want to hold uh, some stake in the company at some level, um, some form of equity. And then if the, if if you're the person that I feel we share the same values in the same business sense in the same goals, Wishes, hopes, and dreams, so to speak. That's who I want to. That's who I want to partner with. Now, with that being said, if if you know Mark Cuban came in here, Mark Cuban is just like he's, you know, he doesn't. How he does business is probably not. You know, it, to him, it's just this is nothing. Um, but I, I would want to get with somebody that could go. You know what? Let's pump this thing to four hundred million. Let's pump it to five hundred million. Let's do this, 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 and this that's the person I want to I want to do business with so are you in the end are you looking more for a partner
2: slash investor that might be able to bring some deep pockets to the cosmos game where you can stay invested in the company but they're bringing an extra cash cow or 10 to the table to help execute whatever master plan you have to get you to that four or five hundred million
0: yeah. Um, so obviously there's, you know, there's, you know, every scenario could be different. There may be somebody to come in and just say, no, we just want to buy it. You tell us what you're doing. And then, Hey, in six months we'll see you later. Um, but the way we have structured our company is different than a lot of the way a lot of companies do it. Meaning we have a holding company, a marketing company, a P, uh, a PE company. Um, So, we have a lot of different levels. So, you can buy the company, but then, how do you know? Do you want Cosmo with it? Do you want, you know, all of the the content we created? Do you need a spokesperson? Like, how do you want to use the name? You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, because
2: this is where I really get into the minutiae of of buying and selling stuff. If I'm coming to you, Mm -hmm. let's say, Barbecue Central shows had a great couple of years and I have 50 million to burn and I want to get into the sauce and rub game. And I, ca- I call you on the phone. I said, Cosmo, I'm going to give you 50 million uh, walk off shot. And you say, well, what's the future plan for you? What are you going to do with everybody else? And I say, it's 50 million fuck or walk. And <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't want to tell you what I want to do. I want the company. I'm giving you yeah. your money and that's it. Like, To me I say Yeah,
0: that that's a different deal.
2: Yeah. So like to me, that that's and maybe I'm short sighted, that's like all I ever really look at. I, I know somebody who's actively looking to sell a business, and this person can't possibly fathom a sale without him going with it. Like he gets to remain and do everything that he wants to do, except he just gets a payday. And then doesn't have to worry about the, you know, what the back end of a website looks like or managing a team or anything like this. He can't begin to fathom that somebody might say, okay, well, here's the money, but you know, go pound salt. No offense. Are you the same or it doesn't matter? Like there there is a buyout no. for you where everybody can could yeah. potentially get executed and you get your money and, and that's just too bad. <laughs>
0: Well, I I don't want to turn the company over to somebody that's just gonna just come in here and absolutely crush it. Cause there is money out there like that, you know. They just need the you know, it, it, it's just no difference than than a regular company just needing an, an expense. They need an expense, a fifty, a hundred million dollar expense. That happens every day. Yeah. Um but with us, the way we've structured the company um, obviously with our IP, you know, if you want to, if you come in here and you say, Hey man, I just, I just want this whole thing, you know, and I say, well, when you say whole thing, you know, what are you talking about IP? Cause we have an IP company and in our, our IP company, we have all of our websites, all of our content, all of our social media, like everything. Yeah. Obviously the Cosmo name, the Cosmo trade, that's a trademark name. Yep. So do you want that? Because you know, that's a different price. Now, if you want that, now we can figure all this up. But you know, it, it's kind of a la carte, if that makes sense. So there isn't
2: ultimately, though, we could come to a cumulative number for all of the different mm-hmm. companies within, and that would be more than fifty million bucks.
0: Mm, right now, well, that, that's, that's, right that's, now, that's would, fifty million. Right now, that's the yeah, that's the right now price. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, anybody—I mean, if you're wise, you know—I would—I would, I would want to buy a company that, um, I didn't have to have the, the the avatar, the you know what I mean, the the person that created the company. Sweet Baby Ray's—he's not with Sweet Baby Ray's, right? You see, what I'm saying, and they figured out a way to market it and move it and along, and you know, for hundreds of millions of dollars. You would know? you? But would somebody made you I would want to stay yeah. in some aspect. Now, what does my work week look like? <laughs> I don't know. Four hours, five hours, six hours. So why stay? eight hours, ten hours? You know. Um. Honestly, because it, it's you your know, baby, it's, and you can't entre- you can't cut the cord. That you're, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I I could cut the cord, but I I think I just want to make sure that it, I you know handed it off correctly. And it lived on.
2: I asked Jeremy Andrus this question beginning of February. At the end of 2022, is Cosmo going to be the CEO and president of Cosmo's Q seasoning, sauces, roast marinades,
0: Um, <laughs> That's a good question too.
2: Um. <laughs> I, I, you're, I you're vacillating mean. more than Jeremy Andrest did. I can tell you that, and he's worth many hundreds of millions of dollars.
0: Well, you know, at some point you got to. It, it's not enough to be on the right bus. You got to be in the right seat, and once you get past that ten million dollar bar, things change. Um, I heard it said best when you get past ten million, it's time to bring in the suits. Uh, uh, w- one of the greatest examples of that is uh, the founder of Gymshark. Now they're a you know
2: oh I know all about Gymshark I, I got three daughters you kidding two
0: billion dollar eight yeah, billion yeah. whatever whatever it is but he moved into marketing and I think my seat on the bus I'm better in marketing <laughs> I really am I have I have the vision the long term vision you know I just need a you know if we do hire a CEO. Like that's the person I need, you know, to come in and, you know, dig through the spreadsheets and, you know, keep the team, you know, going so they can take care of the people who take care of the customers, so on and so forth. Um, It's not out of this world for me to think about hiring a CEO.
2: All right, we'll leave it there.
0: Now, obviously, I'd still be director of the board, but, you know. (laughs) Of course.
2: No doubt. Chairman. Um, Look, you can go to CosmosQ.com and get all these great barbecue products that you know about. And then, when you're getting ready to check out, you can save 10% by using the code podcast. And you can subscribe to Cosmos' new podcast, as we just used that word two seconds ago. Cosmo Unfiltered, all the major podcast platforms. It's fun to listen to, but the video is great, too anything else Cosmo before we leave you this evening and by the way I really appreciate the time and the willingness to answer the questions this is great
0: no thanks for having me this is uh th- this is I've hadn't had somebody put me on the spot quite like that uh for all to see but hey man you know me we've known each other for a long time oh yes. you know? I'm yeah I'm I'm an open book so uh, no I appreciate you having me on here thank you so much
2: yeah Appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us the insight and the honest answers and most of all continued success. And I appreciate the friendship that we've had, you know, for, it seems like 15 years now, uh, probably is 15 years or so. Aside from my wife, I think you're like the longest person I've ever known. Does that mean we're in love? I think we're in love. We're in a relationship, whether you want to admit it or not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> did we
2: just become best friends? I think we did. Thank <laughs> God. I knew something good would come out of this interview. So, uh, Cosmo, always appreciate the time, pal. Thanks so much.
0: You bet. Have a wonderful evening, Greg. We will.
2: There he is. Cosmo from Cosmos Q. Again, CosmosQ.com and use podcast to get 10% off your entire order. And Look, maybe that was self-indulgent for me, but that was absolutely tremendous conversation and the fact that he hung through those and, uh, questions, because those can be tough, of course. But again, there was a floodgate that was opened when he made that podcast post. So, Sean looking to apply for Cosmos Q's CEO. Sean, send your resume to me. I'll look it over first. I'm the gatekeeper to pass it along. I'm like the uh, Skeeter of <laughs> Cosmos Q CEO interview process. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Ooh. Hold on. There we go. Did I miss it?
0: Ah, missed it.
2: Let me get rid of that. Okay. Now we're good. Clock got a little jacked up. but That was well worth it. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pillow cookers out there on the market today. Of course, if you are looking for a cooker that has a really good amount of room, You want to get the peak. If you want the middle size, you want to get the ledge. If you want something that's really portable, of course, you want to get that Trek. Now, the Trek is great because you can, A, throw it in any vehicle that you own. You can plug it into the 12-volt outlet that you have in your car. You can also use battery clips if you want to power it that way. If you want to bring a car battery along with you, you can do that. Also, normal outlets through the uh, converters and other boards that it comes with to power it app integration yes Wi-Fi technology yes only sold through dealers much like Primo so go to GreenMountainGrill.com find a dealer near you and check out all of the really cool cookers that Green Mountain Grill has and some of the best humans out there in the live fire industry today love Jason Baker and the whole family over there so hope they're doing well again GreenMountainGrills.com and we'll be back to wrap the first hour right after this stick around we'll
1: be right back Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey.
2: And we thank Cosmo from CosmosQ.com for joining us last segment. Answering all the tough questions as only he can do. And as he said, he's an open. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant. You're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, or the Fireboard Spark. All right, we are really late. So we wrap it up right here. Refresh libations. We are pointing to the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. We'll be right back.